0: As a baby massage instructor I'm a huge fan of holistic health and the many wonderful ways it can help women's holistic health is no exception and there's some great help on offer for fertility pregnancy and postpartum in this episode I speak with Holly Lever who is a women's holistic health practitioner and you'll hear from Holly about practices she uses to help women in these areas, including yoni steaming, AvaGo abdominal massage, and acupuncture. I'm infant massage instructor, Helen Thompson. Hello, and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. Being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged 4 weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage, so let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Holly and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm really excited to have you here because when we first spoke you told me all about steaming and that really intrigued me because I thought it would be great for mums as well as for me. So Can we start by just telling us a bit more about yourself and why you're so passionate about what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so my name is Holly Lever and I have a business called Rosebud Wellness and I'm an acupuncturist first and then I've added some additional trainings over the years, Yoni steaming, which is what you were just talking about. It's also called vaginal steaming sometimes. So if people aren't familiar with the term Yoni, but I'll, I can talk a little bit more about why I prefer to use that, that term over vaginal steaming. And then I also practice arvigo abdominal massage as well. So I specialize in women's health. I work a lot with fertility and with, with pregnancy and also with postpartum. Those are kind of my main areas of of interest. And also I'm very passionate about working with women just overall in period related or gynecological conditions like PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, fibroids, things like that.
0: Wow, you've got a lot of, you've got a very interesting background there. So it's the odontymal massage, I get, I presume that's good for everything, but as a pregnant woman, I guess that's a really, really helpful for Moms who are pregnant because it helps. I, I was going to say, does it help move the baby or what is it? What is it actually helps your back and all that kind of stuff? Is that right?
1: Well, actually, most of the time when I use Arvigo abdominal massage, I'm doing it for women that have period related
0: uh, issues
1: okay. um, and are working on fertility. And it's actually contraindicated in the early phases of pregnancy or if you could possibly be pregnant. So for example, if someone, if a woman is in her fertile window and she has sex and could potentially be pregnant. So there's like a two week window Mm -hmm. where you kind of don't know if you're pregnant or not. So during that time, it wouldn't be advised to do the massage. It's basically like you're not wanting to get any movement into the, uterus while implantation is happening and in the early stages of pregnancy. So you don't actually do the abdominal massage Uh, until 20 weeks is when you can start doing it again. And there is a separate training for pregnancy that I have not taken yet. I was about to, and then COVID happened. So uh, that kind of like... Messed with a lot of things because it's a very like hands-on type of course, which wasn't possible at that time. But I did receive the massage while I was pregnant. So I, I reached out to this woman that, that does the massage and she has taken the pregnancy training. And she was the one that told me that I had to wait until I was 20 weeks, which was hard to wait because I, I really wanted to have
0: Mm, the experience,
1: but basically it's very similar to. The massage, how it always is, but it's just, it's definitely more gentle. It's still a firm pressure, but with the abdominal massage outside of pregnancy, getting very deep pressure Mm -hmm. and sort of like pulling up and in on the uterus to try to get it back into alignment. And that's not the situation with pregnancy. You're kind of more firmly but gently guiding the uterus into. The more more of a centralized position and then also there's a portion of the massage that is done on the back primarily the pelvis and the sacrum and the coccyx which mm-hmm, is your mm-hmm. tailbone and so that part you do side lying so you do kind of like one side at a time because once you're that pregnant you can't lie down yeah of course belly.
0: yeah
1: yeah and then at the end of that massage which is true of when i do a an abdominal massage on anybody. I also teach them a self-care portion where they learn how to do the front portions of the massage themselves. And so she taught me that during my pregnancy and how it was a little bit different. I'm basically just keeping my hands wider and all of the, the markers for like, where you're pulling towards yeah. were slightly different because your anatomy just shifts so much during pregnancy. And I really loved doing that. I would usually do it at night throughout my pregnancy. There's also a gentle spiral that's a clockwise spiral that you do at the end to sort of like close the experience and just kind of say goodnight to your baby. So that was really a sweet little bonding experience for me and my my daughter. And then she did move a lot during the massage, which she would do during like meditations or shavasana or yoga as well. So it seemed to me like, yeah, like a little bit of like a dancing around. I like this was mostly what I experienced with it in terms of the baby.
0: Wow that sounds that sounds lovely I mean I I, you know being pregnant and being able to massage and getting that that bond because I know the feeling when you you know from baby massage because when they come out and you massage them you're still having that bonding experience but having that nice bonding experience when they're actually still in the uterus is a must be really nice and I was going to say because I know it's baby massage I always go in a clockwise direction because that's the way the digestive system moves is that the same as abdominal massage as well. you always have to go in in a clockwise direction because it's the way the digestive system moves. is that?
1: Yep, that's exactly why. yeah. so when I'm teaching people the self-care massage, for example, a lot of people because they're the way that the spiral is is that you start kind of right on top of your belly button and then you spiral outward and then you spiral ah. back in and you do that three times. And so when you're spiraling either out or back in, people often want to switch directions because it's just kind of like, oh, you go the opposite way. But I, I'm always having to tell people, yeah, like you, the whole time you're staying in a clockwise direction, even though you're shifting the, the size of your circle or your spiral. But yeah, it's exactly because of the way that the digestive system naturally moves.
0: Does it do any harm for your for your baby if you do it in another way? I mean, if you do it, because then it doesn't, it doesn't, for baby massage from what i understand i'm not i'm not going to say categorically this is right but from what i understand it doesn't matter if you go in the wrong direction but you're not benefiting you're not doing anything for your bowel whereas if you go in a clockwise direction you are actually benefiting the bowel and shifting all those bubbles and getting all that constipation and all that excuse the expression but all that poo out of the other side is that i guess that if i mean if you when you're pregnant if you do the abdominal massage the anti-clockwise is that going to do any harm
1: no i think it's the same kind of thing it's just not as beneficial yeah 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 but no harm
0: so let's talk about this lovely yona steaming which i'm really intrigued about because i looked at your website and i sort of thought oh i could do this myself but and i and i actually read i actually read your i think it was i looked at your video was it a youtube i don't know if it was a youtube one it was on your website and i sort of thought Mm -hmm. wow this looks amazing
1: Sure. Yeah. So yoni steaming. So I will I usually start with the term yoni because most people aren't familiar with it. I know that I wasn't when I first learned about it. So yoni is a Sanskrit word and it basically translates to like the entire female reproductive system. So to call it vaginal steaming is just kind of focusing on the vagina, which we know there's so much more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the steam in particular reaches has such a further reach than just the vaginal canal too. So I think it's important to kind of make that distinction. So it can use be used for a number of things. I, because I work a lot with fertility, uh, a lot of people come for that. And there isn't like a specific fertility, steaming protocol per se, I mostly look at a woman's menstrual history there, if they've had previous pregnancies, for example, if there's any kind of symptoms or complications or syndromes or anything like that, that's kind of what I'm taking into consideration when I choose herbs or the specific days of their cycle that they would want to steam, how long they would steam for. And then we also take into consideration any other, like if there's digestive issues or anything like that. So there it's, it's kind of, it can be complex, but it can also be really simple if your periods are pretty straightforward too. So, so that's why I do, um, consults for yoni steaming if there are if it's a little bit more complicated what a woman is working on then it's helpful to have somebody kind of guide you through that so the way to set up a steam is basically you take some sort of clean water source so filtered water would work and then you fill up a pot like a stainless steel or ceramic pot three quarters of the way with some clean water source. And then you put in whatever herbs you're going to use. And I do also, I have a shop on my website. Yeah, Yeah. So there's, there's lots of different herb blends. You can also just, if you're familiar with different herbs that grow around where you live, you can also just use fresh herbs or you can dry them if you prefer to do that. Either one is fine. A lot of it is just kind of like playing with what feels good to you. But I mean, I would just advise for people to be kind of familiar (laughs) with what they're working on that it's, it's not going to cause any like side effects or anything like, but like rose, lavender, sage, comfrey, calendula, those kinds of things are, are, are lovely to work with. Things that smell really good too are nice. So you'll add, add whatever herbs you're going to be using, and then you'll boil the, herbs for 10 minutes and you can mm-hmm. even just burn them on your stove. Maybe I'll just talk about the basic setup and then I'll yeah, that, into yeah. Like, how you can set them up differently. So yeah, you can just boil the herbs on the stove for 10 minutes and then you take off the lid off of the pot and you'll want it to cool down a little bit from that initial boil before you actually sit over it. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. And, and there, I mean, there's a lot of Yoni steam haters out there. And a lot of times they, that's one of the things that people will say. It's like, oh, you're going to burn yourself. But I mean- if you're comfortable with like cooking hot items and waiting for them to cool down enough so that you can comfortably eat them, then you can do the same thing with steaming. So Mm -hmm. it's getting it just waiting for it to be a comfortable temperature. And so a lot of times I hold my wrist over it just to kind of Mm, bring a sensitive area to like test the temperature. And sometimes my wrist says it's okay, but it's still too warm for my yoni. So uh, just know that if, if you sit over it and it's still a little too hot, just get out of there and wait a little bit longer. Yeah. And then you would sit over the pot and I'll, I'll talk in a second about like the different ways to set up, but basically you'll just be over the steam in some position for 10 to 45 minutes. And the the time frame depends on what you're working with. The general rule of thumb is 30 minutes, For most people, if you don't have any contraindications for doing that length of a steam, but if you have an IUD, no matter if it's hormonal or not, you can only steam for 10 minutes. When you do your first steam, it's good to start with 10 minutes and just kind of see how you do. And if you're prone to really heavy, spontaneous bleeding, you would only do 10 minutes. Also no steaming during your period, during like the active fresh red bleeding phase, no steaming during pregnancy. And the exception to that, which is kind of interesting to talk about is doing it for labor preparation, which that doesn't start until you're 38 weeks, but that just basically helps to ripen your cervix and just kind of soften all of the tissues in your pelvic area. And that is something that I did for my own labor preparation and had like pretty efficient first birth, which I can't, I don't know if it was specifically because of my steaming, but there's a blog on my website about that specifically, like what I did and what herbs I used and things, but there is some nuance to, to using it for that. Like there is with using it for anything. And so I want to, I want to go back to the different setup. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first steam setup is considered the mild, which is if you're doing it for 10 to 15 minutes and you don't have a heat source underneath the pot throughout your steam, that's considered a mild. So it's, you're relying on the initial boil that kept your herbs warm and then just whatever, however long it takes for the steam to completely cool off where you can't feel it anymore. So that's kind of like the the 10 to, 10 to 15 minute range. And so there is a way to do that by putting the entire, this is in the video that you saw that's yes, on my website. In the toilet. Yes. So you can put the, you put the entire pot in the toilet. I've had many people ask me if you pour the, like the herbs and the water into the toilet water, but please don't do that. You just basically put the entire pot into the toilet bowl. So it's just kind of like using the toilet bowl as a vessel to hold the pot. And then you just sit over. So you sit on the toilet and it's basically just to hold in the steam and give you a comfortable place to sit but some people, especially more recently have been kind of skeeved out by that, like haven't wanted to use the toilet. So I've been, I was
0: thinking of hygiene reasons. When I mean, when I looked yeah. at that, I was thinking of the hygienic reasons. I was thinking, gosh, if I put a pot in the toilet, I'm going to have to mm-hmm. use that pot for that particular purpose all the time and mark it so that I don't get confused because hygienically I would have thought that wasn't very good. It's
1: Yes. So I do. Every time I tell somebody to put a pot in a toilet, I say, this is your Yoni steam pot. Like just leave it in the bathroom. Like don't ever bring it back into your kitchen. So that for that hygiene purpose, like, yes, definitely only use the pot for that purpose moving forward. But other people have been concerned also just about like what's inside of the toilet bowl. So I would just advise for people to clean the toilet bowl prior to steaming with some kind of natural cleaner so you're not like mm-hmm. bleaching it right before you steam in there mm-hmm. but still some people didn't want to do that and I I do kind of understand mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of make it a little bit of a ritual you certainly don't have to make this big thing out of it but I I do find that it's it's more relaxing and I feel like I get more out of it if I really make it a beautiful experience. And I found that a little bit harder to do using the toilet. So the other way that you could do a mild steam setup without purchasing any additional materials would be, and not everybody's gonna be comfortable in this position, but I'll I'll try to describe it. So you're on your hands and knees, and I usually put a pillow underneath my knees so that they're not like digging into the floor. And then you put the pot underneath your hips And then you bring your hands, like interlace your hands and come down onto your elbows and Mm -hmm. kind of just like rest like that. So you're fully supported because if you were just like standing squatting, you would get fatigued pretty quickly, Uh, but that's a way to keep your upper body supported. But you do need to have like a certain level of hip flexibility in order to be comfortable in that position, even for 10 minutes. But, and then- doing it that way you would also want to wrap your lower body in a blanket and i'm actually working on making i already made the video it's on my instagram so if if people want to go check that out it's it's a reel on my instagram of me like kind of showing demoing that position and it shows like all the steps like boiling the herbs getting into the position Mm -hmm. and then covering yourself with a blanket in the end position And I'd like to get that onto my YouTube channel, but I just haven't done that yet. So that's the other way. And then the advanced steam setup, where if you were going to do like a 30 or 45 minute steam, for example, you would need to have some kind of heat source in order to keep the the water hot for that long and to keep the steam going. So I just use a little hot plate, basically a little electric hot plate. And I put it underneath my steam sauna, which is basically just like a wooden box that has a hole cut out of it mine is like a diamond shape they have just circles there's advantages to the different shapes I personally like a little bit of like a wider
0: yeah um, I can imagine it to be more comfortable
1: yeah yeah and so yeah so the one that I have right now is is really beautiful with the diamond shape but I don't like the feeling of it as much as I have another one with like a bigger whole. So yeah. So you put the hot plate and then you would, you could do the initial boil on that hot plate and then you would just turn it down onto low, take the lid off, put the sauna over it. And then you would just sit down and the same thing you might need to like sit down, like, oh, that's too hot. And then stand back up hot again hot and pull yep, yep. down. And then, yeah, you could just be there for 30 to 45 minutes. A 45 minute steam would be appropriate for somebody that has a lot of stagnation which would be indicated by having like cysts fibroids endometriosis as long as they don't have really heavy bleeding in conjunction with that with the endometriosis or if there was a lot of like dark blood or clots for example or a lot of pain prior to or and or during your period but you mentioned
0: you wouldn't do it during a period anyway so i guess well
1: yeah yeah right so the way they so for period pain for example and this is where like all the different protocols depending on what you're working with come in but for period pain because that's something that a lot of people can relate to the general protocol is to steam one to three days before your period starts so if you have a really regular cycle or if you're tracking um with fertility awareness or something and you pretty much know right when your period's gonna come you can steam before Mm -hmm. the period and then at the end of your period, when it starts to become like the spotting at the end, which yeah, a lot yeah. of women have, that you can start steaming them. It's basically just during the fresh red bleeding that you don't
0: steam. And when we first talked, this is something that I'm intrigued about, because when we first talked about yoni steaming but before we had this interview, I asked you about a pap smear because I said that when I have my pap smears they're really, really painful and I really don't like them because it's just so tight and so painful. You said, I think you said, please correct me if I'm wrong, that Yoni steaming would be good for that. So if I wanted to do that, and you said you have herbs on your website. If I wanted to go ahead with that, you know, do something like that at home, have you, would, would, would you sort of, how would I go with, with what you've just told me, but have you got any herbs on your website that I can use for that particular part of Yoni steaming? Because I think it would be so helpful for me because it's just so painful when I have pats Me, I hate them.
1: Well, I think I also said to you that I always ask for the small Speculum, yes you did say for that teenagers. to
0: me
1: I so remember you saying
0: that to me yes. yeah yeah
1: so that is my first recommendation but also yes for steaming so I kind of would put that in the category of people that have pain with with sex or with like inserting a tampon which I don't know if you would specifically say that this is exactly what you're experiencing but have you ever heard of the condition called vaginismus
0: no I have. It's
1: basically like if you're, tr- and there are huge varying degrees, like where some women can't insert anything. It's like completely closed up and tight. And then other women experience pain trying to insert anything. And that's been my personal experience, both mm. with having a speculum inserted, having sex inserting a tampon all of it has been really painful for me and what i've observed is that with regular steaming that has been much less and the mm-hmm. times when i would kind of not be so good about my self-care that it would come back and it would start to be painful again so basically you could try to steam just right before you're going to go before you know you're you're going to have an appointment But probably what would be better is if you did it weekly, for example, just to kind of like get your body used to softening for things like that to pelvic PT was something else that I I did. I know it's not really related to something that I do, but but there there are actually a lot of people that do our Vigo abdominal massage that have also studied with Tammy Lynn Kent, which this is something I would like to do, but haven't done yet. They do holistic pelvic care, uh, which is similar to pelvic PT. And I I've talked about it before, but I, I don't exactly know how they differ. I would imagine that the holistic pelvic care takes a, into consideration, some more of like the energetics and pelvic PT is, is more like anatomical, but I I did find that very helpful too. But yeah, regular steaming and weekly is kind of just like a general rule of thumb. There was a period of time where just for experimentation purposes, I was steaming almost every single day, just because it was like a thing that I liked and had time for at that time. In terms of herbs, um, It kind of depends. I mean, I would say just the steam alone would be helpful, but also if there's some dryness issue, which sometimes there can be when there's pain with inserting anything, the moisturizing blend could be nice for that if there's any dryness. And then in general, like my most sort of universal blend is called the clearing blend. So both of those could be, could be options for something like that.
0: Oh, okay. No, thank you. You've given me some because I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that finds it painful that that those, I mean, I, I don't have periods anymore. Luckily, I'm really pleased that I don't. But I, I used to find putting tampons in really hard. I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I forced myself to do it. Because I preferred that than having pads, but I used to find it so painful. Yeah. yeah.
1: And one other thing I wanted to mention about steaming, since this is a mom's um, podcast, is mostly how it's, what it has been historically used for is postpartum. Basically, it helped what the main things that it's doing are to clear out the lochia, which is the blood and tissue that's left over, after childbirth that is why you bleed for 6 weeks after you give birth most people bleed for that length of time it's it's different for everybody but it helps to make sure that your body completely clears that because if it doesn't you could potentially have more painful periods and some other issues that crop up over the years if it's not completely cleared mm-hmm. out it also helps the uterus go back to its original size and can help with swelling or, and also if you have, I didn't experience this, but some women can feel their uterus contracting back. And particularly while they're nursing, they can feel almost like contractions basically. So like cramps in their belly. So it can help to alleviate those as well. It can also help with breast milk supply because oh, Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So the, the menstrual blood and the milk in Chinese medicine are viewed as having the same source. And so one of the things that steaming, depending on what herbs you choose to use, can help with is preventing an early period return. And this is this is very general information. It's so individualized that I don't want to yeah, anybody to think that something's wrong if they had a different experience. But for a lot of women, the period will stay away while you're nursing for a certain length of time. And the reason for that is to make sure that you are producing enough milk. And if you were bleeding and producing milk at the same time, that would be really depleting for your system. Mm -hmm.
0: And so Mm -hmm.
1: by some of the herbs can help to prevent your body from getting your period back too early so that that would potentially deplete your milk basically is kind of the, how it, is looked at but there are some people like my acupuncture mentor for example that was able to bleed and have breast milk and still be very robust and healthy so I'm this but, is just yeah. like a general <laughs> rule of thumb that that yeah preventing that from preventing the period from coming back too early is is part of how that that works
0: and if you've had if you've been because I know some women when they when they give birth they care mm-hmm. and if you've got stitches is it advisable to, to use that? Because I, I would have thought yes, but also it might dissolve the stitches too soon. I don't know. I'm just, I've got no idea. I was just mentioning that.
1: Yeah, so definitely, yes. It can help with tearing and with pain. And yes, you can steam when you have stitches. And that is not. I I didn't have any tearing or stitches, so I can't speak to that personally. But I know. Well, that no, a I lot don't. I,
0: I haven't either, so I can't speak personally. But I was just imagining yeah. a woman who's given birth and has got stitches and is you know in pain because of the tearing, and I just wondered, yeah, if it would help. Yeah, so. so
1: definitely it can help with that. One thing I will say that because I learned about. This before I had a child. And I was just like, oh, postpartum steaming. You know, everybody's got to do it. And I found it really uncomfortable because I just have a wooden box. And I wish that and I did I have like a a toilet seat cushion that I used at for steams when I was facilitating them in my office, but I had left it at my office and uh, I didn't yeah. have it at my home. And, and then COVID and I had a newborn baby and I was not prioritizing that, but it was uncomfortable because I, I had just given birth. And so I, I did have some pain that it felt kind of uncomfortable to sit on the sauna. So I would just say anybody that's steaming postpartum, maybe just get like a nice cushion for yourself, but it has to be something that has a hole in it so that, that. Yes, of course. Yes. So something like a, a toilet seat cushion worked really well for, and yeah, and then also just be aware that it could potentially increase your bleeding, which it did for me. And, and I never felt like it was depleting me which this is part of why it's helpful to work with somebody
0: yeah if you're doing course. it yeah
1: because because then you can kind of say like oh this happened like can you tell me yes. what to do now or like should i change my herbs yes. or should i stop or but because i have that training i kind of was just doing it for myself and certainly if you were doing it yourself and you were concerned at all you could just stop for a few days and then start up again because the the protocol for postpartum is to steam 30 days in a row for 30 minutes. Yeah. So that's just to make sure that everything's really cleared out. You're healing everything. And, and yeah, it's, it's a time when your cervix is still open so that you can, there's also an opportunity to heal from sort of like longer lasting. If you had any sort of period issues, Mm -hmm. that would be a time where you could kind of work with that and steaming would help that. Yeah.
0: So you're basically saying that it's better to, you know, have a consultation with somebody to as well because you're giving them support at the same time, and you can talk them through different different things. You know.
1: Yeah. De- yeah. Definitely. I mean, unless you feel very confident in knowing your body and listening to your body, Mm. um, which some people definitely do. And, and a lot of times I'm inviting women to listen to what feels best to them intuitively. So if, if somebody feels really connected to that, they could certainly do it themselves, but if they, if they would appreciate some support and guidance, then yeah, that would be a good thing to do. Yeah. Have a consultation.
0: Before we go, there's a couple of things about acupuncture. I'm not going to go too much into that, but I've had acupuncture done myself because I used to have really, really sore backs and I used to have acupuncture. And acupuncture was the only thing that actually helped. I haven't had it done for ages, but I used to be really afraid of the needles. But then I sort of thought to myself, bugger this, I'm going to try it. And I know from experience how... How wonderful it actually is but from a, for, I guess from a, somebody who hasn't experienced acupuncture can you just not not to go into too much detail but just a sort of brief description of sort of what it's about if people haven't experienced it because I know some people well, like me I was afraid of the needles. So. Yeah
1: I mean so I hear that all the time that I that people are afraid of the needles and I I never push for people to do something that doesn't feel comfortable to them. And Mm -hmm. I think that if, if somebody's really, really scared of needles, there are probably other treatment modalities to try first, depending on what you're working on. But a lot of the time people are surprised by how little they feel. Mm -hmm. I think that they have this association with like a hypodermic needle and how that feels. And it feels really different from that. Um, and I, I imagine that you had that experience. Yeah, as well. I did.
0: I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and I would say too that especially as you get used to it and you get acupuncture regularly, people just get so so comfortable with the sensation that a lot of people fall asleep during their treatment. I know that's certainly happened to me before. I can't
0: remember if I did or not. I probably did, but I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, or it can even be that kind of like space in between a and awake, kind of like a meditation. It doesn't have to be that way to be effective, but a lot of, for a lot of people it, it can be. So how to be concise about <laughs> explaining acupuncture. So I could try to give you a little bit of like a, a short description. Yeah. So basically what we're, and it, there's a lot of different styles of acupuncture too, just to throw that out there. But the way that I practice is basically we get an overall picture of all of the symptoms that you're experiencing all over your entire body. Even if you were just coming for back pain, or for example, if a woman is experiencing morning sickness, for example, Mm -hmm. we would be talking about her entire system, your entire system to identify an overall pattern of diagnosis that is a Chinese medicine diagnosis. So, and that would be individual to you. And I won't get into what they are because their names can be kind of confusing, and it would just make everything more confusing than we need to. But so basically, then I would I would select a number of acupuncture points to use that would help to treat that pattern. And so some of them are used in conjunction with each other. Like there's you know a couple different sets to use for this specific thing. But basically, I'm I'm creating this overall harmony in your body to try to address that yeah. pattern or, and specific symptoms that you're experiencing. So that's sort of why, I mean, a lot of times people will come in for pain and then they're like, why are you asking me about my digestion? Like that doesn't make any sense. And sometimes it's irrelevant. We didn't even really need to talk about it, but it's important in Chinese medicine to understand the overall picture mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to give the best treatment basically.
0: So is there anything else before I ask you your final question? Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, not really. And if anybody wanted to find out about you and find out about what we've been talking about and go to your shop and buy the herbs and whatever, how would they, how would they do that?
1: Yeah. So my website is rosebudwellness.com. And the shop is rosebudwellness.com shop. And it's actually on the website too, on that main website. And then I'm also relatively active on Instagram. So it's rosebud underscore wellness. And then all of my contact information is on, on my website.
0: Okay. One final question. What magical tip would you give to a first-time mom in, in relation to what you do? With- That's a great question.
1: I think the first thing that popped into my head was... To take good care of yourself, not really anything in particular, not necessarily acupuncture or steaming, but just to do something that feels really, really good to you and feels really nourishing to you. Yeah, I have a seventeen-month-old, and I I have to tell myself that all the time. So
0: mm, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Holly. You've been yeah. it's been amazing. I've had a lovely chat with you and I, and yeah, well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Holly shared some great tips on women's holistic health in this episode, and I've learned a lot from her. You can learn lots more from Holly from her podcast, which is called Womb Wisdom. And there's some great videos in Holly's YouTube channel. I've included links to these in the show notes and to Holly's website, an online shop, you can access the show notes by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero three one. mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero three one. If you're looking for additional help or resources, I also run a free Facebook group called First Time Mums Lounge. So please join me and you'll gain access to tips to help you and your baby through the beginning stages of your journey. You can access the group by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. I also welcome questions, comments, and feedback on my podcast episodes, please feel free to reach out by sending me an email at info at mybabymassage.net info at mybabymassage.net And once again, thank you so much for listening.